Welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by two of your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Tom Mannering. How are we doing again, Tom, this fine, fine week? I am so good. Never been better. Tom, on uh, as this is audio only, um, Tom, Tom, for the benefit of you listeners, is sporting a very nice Christmas jumper. Uh, I have a pickle Rickmas. Very, very good. I need to get, I, I need to up my Christmas jumper game. Um, all my Christmas jumpers are actually at my mum and dad's. So. Well, it, it is almost the season. Uh, I'm largely wearing this because I was cold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's about the only jumper I own. Fair enough. Fair enough. When does Christmas start for you? Like when? When is it, in your mind, acceptable? 1st of December is acceptable. Okay. I have two neighbours at the moment that have full-on lights in their windows, uh, you know, Christmas trees up, the full shebang. And this this actually came in on the 15th of November because I noted the date when I saw it. Wow. And I was like, you are... If I were a younger, more rebellious man, you would have a brick through the window out of principle. <laughs> <laughs> a little harsh. <laughs> As I say, younger, more rebellious man. Not, not. Now. I know um, it's more like Americans uh, basically start as soon as Thanksgiving is mm. over. So there's, I think that I've, I've noticed significantly more people on uh, on social media getting Christmassy, and I think it's for that reason. Also, as an aside. Just, um, dear retail industry, please, 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 please stop trying to make Black Friday a thing in the UK. It is not a thing. Stop it. Stop it now. Yours sincerely, Josh Hartley. I think what I find quite funny about that is a lot of places are doing Black Friday, and I'm going to do finger quotes even though the audience can't see it, Um, (laughs) but they're doing it for like a week. And I'm like, well, that's not Black Friday then. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's Black a, that's Week, a week which is a sales. very different thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being weird about this though. This literally just came out of nowhere in the UK like a few years ago. Yeah. And now we're we're just supposed to accept that this is a thing because like absolutely ages ago it was like first of January. That's when the sales started, and then that got pushed back to Boxing Day. And I can I can cope with that, and there's a logic to it mm-hmm. because you know who's buying stuff after Christmas if it's not discounted, discounted, yeah. discounted. Yeah. I nearly, nearly went Christopher Walken there. <laughs> <laughs> what what I don't get is why would you want to adopt Black Friday? It is a horrible holiday. Like the amount of people who've like died and things in like Black Friday stampedes and stuff. That's not something you want in your in your country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's stupid. It's stupid, it and uh, we should stop doing it. And don't entertain. And if if nothing else, none of them, uh, most of the deals aren't actual deals. No, like the 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 same price. They're just saying that the it's like discounted. So or it's such a trivial discount as well. I looked at a few today on Amazon, and I was like, "Yay! I save five percent. What a steal!" <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's us put the world to rights regarding uh, celebrating Christmas too early and celebrating Black Friday at all. And that um, was a great podcast. We'll see you all. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> good, good, good show, guys. Good show. 
Now, we do have a few gaming things to talk about. Um, I think I, we're going to spend quite uh, a little bit of time talking about uh, what Chaosium's brought out for, uh, over Thanksgiving, which looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to give a shout out first to Mr. Ben Porter um, because he has achieved the accolade of having one of his miniatures featured in White Dwarf. So it's, it's a truly impressive accolade, achieved by few and yes. well deserved. So, no, well done, Ben. It's his Auric. Um, I'm going to get it wrong because they're just like dwarfs. Because it's, it's like. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're all the same. It's his uh, Auric Rude Master. Uh, and you'll see that in the November edition of White Dwarf, which uh, comes out today as of the recording of this podcast on Friday the 20th. So, um, and also, dear listener, you might be flicking through the pages of White Dwarf and thinking to yourself, man, I wish I could own miniatures that looked as nice as that. Is he paying you for this? (laughs) (laughs) This is the second week in a row. Thanks Thanks to Ash and Hold (laughs) Art. Air horns. (laughs) (laughs) So... I check out Ash and Hold Art because uh, evidently uh, it's it's not just me who thinks Ben is a really good painter. Uh, it's the editors of White Dwarf as well. So um, hit him up and he'll uh, uh, sort you out. I don't I don't think Ben being anything but a good painter was ever up for question. To be fair, I think no. Ben, to be fair, no. <laughs> Ben's Ben's paint job will uh, on many things. He's won quite a few competitions and things as well when he's entered. Uh, so I wouldn't even say that's up for. Up for debate. Nah, no, nah, he's he, top notch. Top notch. And if you are looking for those services, you <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I want my my bit as well. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I should hold that. Uh, so, uh, so, so that's uh, one bit of news. But uh, yeah, we were going to talk about Chaosium and uh, the new release this week. So you you brought this to our attention in the group chat. I did. So I, I uh, follow a lot of Chaosium's social media, uh, as I want to do, because I'm a contemporary modern day man, uh, and I'm down with the kids. I'm, uh, I'm a man of culture, I exactly. believe is what you should have said. Uh, are you like me, a man of culture? Uh, mm-hmm. And Chaosium announced on Wednesday uh, that coming next week, uh, so the start of the week that you will hear this uh podcast i imagine uh mm-hmm. they are bringing out a new uh solo adventure uh so an adventure you can play just on your own for uh, call of cthulhu uh and it's called alone against the tide uh it's got a very nice picture of a sort of uh runic sort of reptilian creature uh coming up amongst some standing stones in a, a what looks like a lake of some sort surrounded by a forest um give it a google uh it's really really cool looking um, and I brought this to your attention because I have done some of these solo adventures as much as I prefer to roleplay en masse uh, these take more of a kind of choose your own adventure style approach which is a, a classic that I think should make a comeback if I'm honest uh, and yeah they're really good yeah I, I'm, I'm going to give this a go do I, do I need the uh, core rule book to play through these no no they are uh as far as i'm aware uh they are completely self-contained uh adventures they they take you through i think in some cases some of them come with like a pre-made character but i think Mm -hmm. you can also make your own character for some of them 
Uh, it's oh, been a while cool. since I did the the first one that I ever did was called Alone Against the Flames, mm-hmm. uh, which I did years ago when it almost when it first came out. And I think in Alone Against the Flames you got a pre-made character, um, right? And I played it with that, uh, and that's a such a good adventure. Like I would, if if you're not done that, I would recommend you start with that. Um, there's also Alone Against the Wendigo, uh, which I haven't done yet. Um, because I always forget it exists. And yeah, like, oh. I, I don't fancy going toe-to-toe with a Wendigo. Uh, and I think there might be another one as well, um, mm-hmm. but the name of it escapes my memory at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I would really recommend uh, when this drops. Uh, it'd be really nice to see what they've done with this in a sort of contemporary Call of Cthulhu. Uh, cause the, older, the, the other ones are a bit older, mm-hmm. uh, and they've, they've made some changes to not just the system for Call of Cthulhu, but sort of making it a bit more accessible. So I'm interested to see what they do with uh, with this one. And it, it, that would be an interesting decision if they let you build your own character because that, building a character for a solo adventure is going to be so different from mm-hmm. building it for a group. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, well, you, you've ran a, lot, a ton of games that I've been a player in. I, I, I tend to lean into... Um, building characters that are very good at the thing they're supposed to be very good at mm-hmm. and rubbish at the things that they shouldn't be good at. Yeah. So, like, for example, R3 is amazing at, like, anything tech and uh, mechanics, like, in Star Wars, but useless in combat, mm-hmm. or next to useless in combat. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that for a solo game, I imagine. <laughs> like, I, think, I think Call of Cthulhu is perhaps one of the only places where you can do that um, to a degree because it is, it's a system that kind of says to you from the word go, combat is not not going to go well for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, at best, you'll survive it. Um, you know, you're never going to have the kind of the big heroic moment in normal Call of Cthulhu because it is grounded in, in a lot more realism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it encourages you to be creative with your character. So if you are, uh, you know, if you're a book book smart character, you're going to probably do quite well with the research and stuff, but maybe not so well with the physical aspects like uh, mm-hmm. fleeing and exploring and, and some of those aspects. So I think it would certainly be trickier uh, than going with a group, as, as it always is. But I think Call of Cthulhu is a game that you can play solo uh, and that you can play with a very small group as well uh, of two or three people. Um, yeah. I think if they if they give you a chance to build your own character, that's great. I'd, I'd hope to see that. But even if you mm-hmm. get a, a scripted character, I wouldn't bother too much. Uh, and I'd probably roll with it. Um, but I think you you'd probably get away with being able to make one if you knew how to. Uh, what yeah. I have considered doing previously uh, with these these books is using them as sort of a, a template to do a one on one adventure. Mm-hmm. So I act as kind of almost the book for the person. Um. You know, almost read the book out to them, not in a weird like you know, teachery way, um, but a <laughs> bedtime story with Tom. Um, Tom, this is horrible. <laughs> why would you tell me this at sleepy times? Yes, I'm, I am twelve. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Uh, do you know, funnily enough, though, like I was actually going to suggest we could maybe do that for the podcast. We could, yeah, I mean, content. Like, like you did with Ben with that one with the weird, slightly oh sexualized prince. 
that was uh, that was amazing. Yeah, why why did we do that with the doll prince? I can't remember. Guys, if you haven't got a clue what on earth we're talking about, um, it it the previous episodes are up there where I'm going through the house of madness with Ben, and it's uh, a mess. It is a mess. It's, it is. Uh, it is. I think no. I think you're you're right. I think maybe we should do that next week. We'll pick it up and we'll do it next week. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So yeah, tune in next week. Yes, we are, <laughs> we're just decided. <laughs> we've just decided we're going to do this. How long? How how long do they typically take to play through? We'll probably need to do a couple of episodes on it. I think sure. they they usually take about half an hour to an hour, depending on how quick you read and how quickly you move through it, mm-hmm. uh, or how quickly you die. <laughs> I've got you. I've got you on this. Because <laughs> I know I, when I the first time I ever did Alone Against the Flames, I do vividly remember dying very quickly in it. Uh, okay. I made I made a decision that I thought was was pretty rational and died, and I was like, okay then. That's just uh, the way they choose your own adventure books, though. You go like, okay, so I'll go through the door, turn to page ninety-seven, and no, 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 I don't, I don't go through the door. <laughs> like... I didn't mean that. No, I had my finger yeah. still in the page, so it's legit. I can just turn back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love them back in the day. I had a, um, I borrowed it from the library, an asterisk one, which is good fun. Uh, that actually got you rolling some dice and everything like the um, what are the really fighting fantasy yeah yeah like fighting that. fantasy I, I had I only had one lot of them but I really enjoyed it and I had a series of them uh, and it was Sonic the Hedgehog adventure books that sounds awesome yeah they were really really cool I don't know if my I don't know if my mum still has them I don't know if it's still at my mum's uh, in the attic where a lot of my, mm-hmm. my childhood stuff got stored uh, so if I ever get a chance to go up there I might see if I can dig them out has anyone ever used Sonic as a setting for an RPG I've got a feeling that it would just get like it would get weird pretty quickly if they ever did I, that I imagine there is a setting for it as an RPG I don't know if there's an official one but I imagine there's certainly Plenty of and it's probably been ruined by furries. I was going right? to say, but you're playing in a very dangerous sand pit with that uh, <laughs> that particular <laughs> fandom. I know. Uh, yeah. I I love the Sonic games, even even the modern ones. Uh, I've I've picked up the the modern Sonic computer games, and and mm-hmm. people have seen me playing them. And there's an immediate sort of judgment against you that you're clearly part of that scene, and I'm I'm not part <laughs> of that scene. I grew up playing Sonic games. I appreciate them for what they are. Like everyone in game looking at you like you're buying pornography. Like <laughs> silently judging look at, you. Look at that sick son of a gun. <laughs> uh, the two D ones are awesome. Uh, in fact, I, I keep meaning to pick up Sonic Mania because that's by mm-hmm. all accounts meant to be really good. But yep. um, I haven't got around to it yet. I really but enjoyed it's... to get completely sidetracked for a moment. I really Let's enjoyed. Go. Uh, the Sonic Generations game that came out a few years back uh, because that actually merged the modern day Sonic games, which are a bit pants if we're being honest, with the the historic kind of classic Sonic games. Okay, cool. Uh, and you had the modern Sonic alongside classic Sonic uh, and them kind of uh, making fun of each other. Uh, That's neat. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting concept. Um, the game was not too bad either. Here we go. Well, look, this is... Uh... An important life decision every young man, every young boy of our generation made. Were you Sonic or were you Mario? No, Sonic, all the way. In Mario. fact, above and beyond that, I not only was I Sonic, 
I was edgelord because I was Knuckles when he came into it. I mean, it, no, to be fair, right, since then we've had Shadow the Hedgehog. So Yeah, I bailed before Shadow became a thing, so I only actually learned about Shadow in God. recent years. Doesn't he have his own video game where he's got a gun as yeah, well? And it's yep. like, yeah, like a machine how can we gun. make this guy look cool? Right? Yep, he's got a, a red go faster stripe and a machine gun. I, I, I think my problem with like the 3D Sonic games, apart from like the whole purpose of um, Sonic is to go fast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of difficult to pull off in a 3D platformer. I think without you like falling off platforms and dying immediately, mm-hmm. like just out of, out of nowhere. But apart from uh, anything else, they all seem to try and force some sort of weird gimmick, mm-hmm. like you're Shadow the Hedgehog and he's got a gun, or you're uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is now a werewolf mm-hmm. as well. And it's like uh, there's also Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I don't know if that's the same game actually. There's there's one that's set during like medieval times as well. Oh god, uh, yeah. that might be the one with the werewolf. Uh, I, I couldn't couldn't commit because that was the that was the sort of section of Sonic that I went. I'll just put that over there. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll skip this one. <laughs> Whereas with Mario, because it wasn't about speed, like I think he made the jump to see what I did there. Uh, he made the jump to uh, 3D a lot smoother than yeah. Sonic did. I think Mario is obviously the more enduring mascot, uh, not only because Nintendo's still a console brand, uh, mm-hmm. but also because I think he's like, a bit easier to identify with. Uh, I think Sonic's very much sort of a, a, a sort of teen kind of, oh yeah, I'm more funky and I'm rad and shit, whereas as Mario's a bit more kind of uh, accessible. Yeah, he doesn't... He doesn't really have much of a personality. That's the thing. Like, he says, he says it's he's a me. Italian. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. Like, that's, that's fairly accessible. <laughs> yeah. One last thing on Sonic the Hedgehog before we return our tabletop gaming podcast to tabletop games. Sure. Why did he like chili dogs? Uh, none of that makes sense to me. That was he's a hedgehog. Yeah, so that wasn't actually part of the Sonic games. Uh, that came in from the cartoon from the 90s ah. uh, because they they wanted to make him a bit more rad and give him a bit more character uh, so he he really got the attitude sort of uh, turned up to 11 in the, the cartoons and for some reason a writer decided he should like chili dogs not so we just did. like chili dogs like kind of obsessed with chili dogs yeah. I mean, how intolerable would I be if I talked about like chili dogs like non-stop about as intolerable as you are now wow i mean <laughs> i set you up for that you really I've, only got my, I've only got myself to blame <laughs> um but yes <laughs> sonic the hedgehog ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh where were we i was going to talk about more about call of cthulhu because i can't remember if i've said on the podcast or not that i'm actually considering trying gming you did mention and... this i think last week did you not I don't think we've recorded it. We might talk like, about it after the episode. What what will frequently happen, with, and it's not just like when I do an episode with Tom, it, this happens all the time when I'm recording with Ben, Charlotte, or whoever's on the show. Like, we'll record the episode, and then afterwards we'll have a really good conversation that we could have just recorded <laughs> and made part of the episode. Uh, so, 
I think I'm thinking of giving GMing a crack, and I've decided I think Call of Cthulhu is the system I'm going to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like. I feel more comfortable with the rules of Call of Cthulhu than I do with Dungeons and Dragons, or certainly Pathfinder. Yes, Pathfinder is like needlessly complicated at this stage. <laughs> I think when we dis- discussed this off off air, uh, I said that Call of Cthulhu is much less technical. Uh, mm-hmm. And sort of reco- there's less moving parts than D and D, right? And I kind of think like I I I kind of think that sanity is the only like really difficult one to kind of keep a track on. And even then, you just kind of make a note to yourself like at the start of the session, right? When so and so drops to this, they've they've gone nuts. Yeah, I think um, sanity is the thing that you you have to be the more sort of um, able to improvise with because mm-hmm. you know f- from one minute to the next a character can go from from being fundamentally fine and then they'll see some cthuloid horror and their mind will snap and on the spot you've got to you've got to decide how that's going to and there are some tables to roll on but more often than not there will be a component where you need to decide how that's going to manifest so for ex- to call on a, an, an example that we had we had a session where yourself and claire's character millie uh, encountered a, uh, a Cthulhu-influenced creature uh, in mm-hmm. a graveyard. Uh, both mentally snapped at the sight of it, and uh, Claire's character uh, started to uh, delusionally view you as her mother. It was her mother, yeah. And you became uh, immediately fearful of men, uh, which queued up quite nicely with you fetal uh, in Claire's arms with her protecting her mother who was screaming for all the men in the party to get away from her. Get away from me, you beast! <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is something you, get, you you need to... I can't even remember why. There, in my head, there was a reason why Claire saw her mother and why you became fearful of men. For the life of me, I can't remember what it was. Um, you've, you've got to try and kind of tie that moment of madness to the scenario mm. to the situation to the character i mean you could go completely off kilter and just have something ridiculously random happen but I, th- I think if you can find a way to tether them to the situation and to the uh to the characters it makes it all that more impactful yeah and incidentally that moment is one of my favorite like moments ever playing in an rpg it was so funny just to act that out like it's the only time my guy's gone insane, though. It is. It, it, which is pretty good going for Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, considered. it's really good going, considering how, how easy it is if, if the dice mm. go against you. Um, I think it's a strange one, because although we had great fun in that scene, uh, everybody was, was having a good laugh uh, at it, and it was very funny to, to watch and to talk about. But on the flip side of it, it was also quite a dark moment as well when you actually sort mm-hmm. of contextualize the situation. So that's one thing I really like about Call of Cthulhu as a system, just to, to sing its praises uh, as well, is it's a very dark, very foreboding, very grim setting. But within that, there's this this opportunity, both in-game and out-of-game, for so many laughs. Like for uh, some some dark humor for sure, but also just some genuine, genuine sort of belly laugh moments. Well, I, mean, I think it's true. Like, I think it's is it Sam Raimi who said like, there's a a very fine line between horror and comedy, mm-hmm. and you can 
cross it like very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it does lend itself to that. And that's like it, it, there's a ton of reasons why I'm thinking of uh, dipping my toes into the GM lake with Call of Cthulhu. Like, and that that's another reason, right? I, I really enjoy um, it, it. It it creates some interesting uh, interactions between characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, unlike a lot of the other, um, unlike a lot of the other systems that I've tried, uh, they do tend to be very like combat focused. I mean, let's face it, D- Dungeons and Dragons at its core was a combat simulator, like when it first started. Yeah, and it's just had extra stuff piled on to, to you know, um, make it a bit more than that, and uh, make it what we now recognise as role playing games as being a mix of everything. I think that's a bit of an oversimplification of a game that has evolved over decades, but yeah. Literally decades. I mean, not longer than we have both been alive. Yeah, <laughs> so. uh, Only just. No, <laughs> I, I think um, D&D, as you're, you're right, started off as a, as a combat, you know, a, a map-based, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hack and slasher, essentially. Uh, and it has very slowly evolved. And I think it's only in the most recent editions, really. Uh, and I actually ignore fourth edition because fourth edition was terrible uh, for that context. It was. I mean, fourth edition was just a combat. Uh, it went backwards really badly, uh, and they removed a lot of the role playing elements that were were intrinsic uh, in that were coming into it in three point five. Uh, and they've yeah. kind of backpedaled on that a lot in fifth edition and, and steered into the the role playing elements. Um, I think. It's a weird one because I've seen systems that are designed with role-playing in mind and they almost get overly clunky with the mechanics of it. So a good example of a system that I don't think you've played is the mm-hmm. uh, sort of, uh, sort of Song of Fire and Ice role-playing game. The game oh, of right, yes. Uh, really interesting system. Uh, it's got some really good aspects to it, uh, but a lot of its role-playing is mechanized, has, you know, has sort of systems to to make it work so if you want to have a a conversation with someone there's a whole what is called uh social combat yeah i've heard this where you roll you know you roll your diplomacy against their you know grit or or whatever it might be um and it it can get a bit awkward because it stops being about your ability to put the point across or to play the game or to, to really evoke the character. It becomes more about how the dice are landing uh, mm. for everything, which I, I'm not... As much as I like the idea of social combat, I don't like the idea of that becoming overly sort of based on dice rolls. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it takes uh, an existing problem with role-playing games and cranks it up to 11. Like, mm. the existing problem being uh, how do you... <laughs> How do, how do you reconcile like what you're actually saying and the dice that you're rolling? Because you know I could be playing um, a really witty character, but I'm not a really witty person, mm. uh, and vice versa. You can have you know these people who are really funny, uh, not necessarily playing a witty character, or even they are and they just roll badly, mm-hmm. and it should have worked. Yeah. I and think- there's also like it, it can lend itself to some bizarre scenarios where like you can you can uh, convince like the palace guard to let you in. Palace guards aren't going to let you in ever. No matter you go to Buckingham Palace, right, and you're, uh, you you you, ca- you cannot charm your way into that building. Yeah, I mean, I've tried. 
You, you've got to look at it from a... <laughs> That's a different story. You've got to look at it from a, a cinematic point of view, I think, in that context. Uh, I think my big issue with the, the Song of Fire and Ice roleplay is you can social combat other players, uh, mm. which I really don't like, because you can, by having good roles or, or min-maxing into social combat, you can have fundamentally force another character, another player character, to do something that they don't want to do. And I think if you if you remove that player agency, you know, if I want your character to do something in a game, for me, I should be able to find a way to persuade you of that. Whether mm-hmm. that's, hey, Josh, we're going to get a, a ton of gold for this. Or, hey, Josh, you know, we're heroes. This is the right thing to do. Uh, or, or, hey, Josh's character, as it should be in the situation. Mm-hmm. That's, even if I, Tom, am not, am not the most persuasive person, I should never have the ability, shy of, you know, perhaps magical compulsion, and even then, I'd be a bit, a bit uncomfortable with it. But I should never have the ability to t- to take agency off another player character. Yeah, that that's just going to lead to all sorts of feel bad moments as well, right? Like that's it's n- it's not going to end well for anyone. Do you want to hear the full horror story of that? Oh of yes, yes I do. So I wasn't yes, privy I to do. this, but I have okay. heard the story. So in a a game of uh, Song of Fire and Ice that a couple of people I know were playing. I will not name them uh, because mm-hmm. of what I'm about to say. Uh, they were... Basically, they were a group of people from different backgrounds, nobles, uh, you know, serfs, all those kinds of things in, in the setting. Uh, and they were trying to uh, consolidate their power to deal with a situation. And one of them was playing a noble woman uh, mm-hmm. who there was another individual in the group who was fairly high-ranked socially. And she wanted to get him on side and basically tried to convince him that a wedding between their families would strengthen the bond. Mm. Um, So engaged him in social combat to convince him to marry her. And all that comes with it. Right? Yeah, exactly. You can't see Josh's face, but the horror that he's showing is is appropriate to the situation. That's that's a big thing for your character to do that you might not necessarily want that character to do. Uh, And this character was not in a position to to deal with with basically her her skills in this particular field. Um, Mm -hmm. So was getting just beaten down in in social combat, which is just a ridiculous thing to say. But um, but. What is quite interesting about it is there is a, a rule in that system where you can always break out of social combat by engaging in real combat. <laughs> so you oh, can, no. You can oh, basically no. rage quit the conversation uh, in game, which is exactly what he did. Um, where she was she was basically... He, he had no other uh, sort of recourse. His options were flee the situation completely, you know, just flee the castle or whatever. Um mm-hmm just sort of give in to to the the pressure she was putting on him or just start flipping tables uh and i think he went for the latter yeah and i mean i i I kind of feel like at at some point during this like someone should have just said right guys out of character here this is getting a bit weird now like (laughs) yeah i i said similar when i heard that story i was like and who let that go on and didn't didn't say yo this is weird <laughs> mm. um yeah. but at the same time these i know these people have played together for a very long time and they they know each other quite well so okay. i imagine if anyone had gotten comfortable to you know to the point that they were genuinely not comfortable with it they would have said something um but it's still super weird 
Um, yeah. And I, I do not condone that sort of style of, of gaming. It just don't take your player agency away. It's the worst thing no. you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so that that's our chat about Call of Cthulhu and role playing games, etc., etc. Mm. Um, I think the only other thing to touch on is you you got a new mini. I, it's two things to touch on actually. Two things that I've oh. got. Oh, uh, okay. So the the first one is yeah. I so it's been a while since I've picked up any GW products, mm-hmm. uh, at least to do anything with. I've made a few purchases, but they've just kind of gathered some dust uh, over lockdown, uh, just because I've been engaged otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. because lockdown is surprisingly quite busy if you're a nerd. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have uh, I picked up a Gene Steeler Cults uh, miniature. Uh, I cannot remember this guy's name, but he's basically... This like is a, the assassin type guy. Yeah, yeah, he's it? like a, a wee assassin guy. Uh, he's got a little uh, a little mini Gene Steeler uh, sort of familiar guy with him as well. It's such a nice model, though. Uh, mm. So much detail on it, uh, which I, I love... Uh, he's got all these little like um, Gene Steeler cult symbols on him, and he's got like uh, little goggles on, and like there's, it's a terrifying model to paint for how much detail there is on it. But it's really, really nice. The Gene Steeler cult model range is one of the, I would say one of the best in 40k right now. Yeah, um, and like I'm <laughs> excited for you for whenever they get a new codex because currently they are not particularly good. <laughs> I'm also excited for me when they get a new yeah. codex. I think I've played my Gene Steeler Cult Army two or three times, and I've never come even remotely close to winning with them. Uh, and I think in part that is on me, because one, I don't really know their tactics very well, and two, my Gene Steeler Cult Army is built up of models I like or models I got in box sets rather than mm-hmm. sort of actually planned. So it's a bit sort of hodgepodge uh, yeah. rather than a proper army. Um, but I am going to make, when the new... Uh, codex comes out i am going to make some amendments and pick up a few extra bits i don't think you're going to be waiting too long because like at the rate that they're going through uh codices we're going to be done like well before this time next year yeah like if they keep releasing two a month Um, speaking of which death guard comes out uh in december cannot wait not very excited no it's not happening no no we discussed this last week i'm not i'm not going on a ramp I'm just going to move past it. We're going to okay. breeze past that point. There's no sure. new Space Marine Codexes. Yes, Everything's fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, though, you said you got something else. Yeah, so the other thing is as well, uh, which which I made you aware of today, is uh, Tabletop Scotland. Uh, I've, I've not been able to obviously have their event, uh, but they have been staying quite active on social media. Uh, yes. And they've had a couple of competitions and things for some uh, free promo bits and pieces over the past few months. Uh, two of which have been centered around uh, King of Tokyo and King of New York, uh, both games that I enjoy, uh, and I have mm-hmm. King of New York, uh, and I have won two of those competitions, uh, which has been nice. So I got, uh, I got two of the, I got some promo cards from the first one, uh, and today I found out that I've won a promo monster called the X Smash Tree. Uh, which is yeah. a big monstrous X Smash Tree, which is nice and seasonally appropriate. So I'm looking forward yes, to getting I- that. I approve wholeheartedly of the seasonality. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. The funny thing is, by the time we come out of lockdown, it's not really going to be seasonally appropriate, but it's fine. It, we, we will be able to play King of New York or King of Tokyo at Christmas time in future years. Yes, so exactly. It will carry over for, for years to come. 
yeah. when we we play our uh, festive games as we we normally do get together and play some games at some point. We were Christmas. chatting today about uh, doing the Secret Santa episode. Um, we were figuring out the logistics. Lo- yeah, logistically that will work. So I'll probably I'm seeing Ben and Charlotte tomorrow, so I'll have a, I'll have a chat with them about how they how they how they want to try and do it. Uh, but we can make it work. And yeah. I'm up for receiving gifts. Do so, you know what? Do you know what I noticed though? Like, which is really unfortunate. I have had so the last two Secret Santas for Unlucky Frog. I got Tales from the Loop from you for the first mm-hmm. one, which was awesome, and I got Cryptid the game from Callum. Yes, Tales from the Loop. I was planning on running this year, didn't mm-hmm. get to run it because of lockdown. And Cryptid, I got for Christmas, which is a board game, and couldn't play because of lockdown. So my two yeah. gifts have both just been sitting waiting for me to use them and didn't happen because of lockdown i mean like i'm not exaggerating i've got stuff from last christmas that i haven't been able to touch my my uh my secret santa present uh which is emotep Mm. um that hasn't that hasn't come out the cellophane yet and uh i got from i think it was my brother who got me the stranger things dungeons and dragons kit Oh, you got that? And, nice. Yeah, I've got that, and I haven't been able to touch it because we can't do things face to face right now. So it's annoying. Yeah. But on the upside, though, you have a nice demagogue miniature, so you know. I do have a nice, uh, a nice mini. So that's, <laughs> that makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> Rightio. Well, um, I think, guys, that is all we have time for this week. So. Uh, like I said, tune in next week because I, I am well up for doing um, the solo Call of Cthulhu game. Yep. Uh, I will probably die horribly, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think <laughs> so... We'll make it happen. Yeah. But until next time, guys, thanks again for listening and take Bye. care. Bye. <laughs>